0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and of course I'm joined by... My wingman. Wingman. Yeah, the wingman. Tom like Dorian, that. how are you doing? I like that. I'm, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great, Tom. Okay. We've got some really interesting stuff to talk about today. It's always interesting stuff with you, Deacon Jeff. You know what? Today, by the end of this show, you'll be like on board, I think, with this. You're probably already on board with all uh, this stuff. Oh, you know I am. I, th- I, I figured as much. That's why you're, I uh, hope I am. you're my highly paid co-host. If I'm not, I better get on board, right? That's, well, yeah, you should. Right. You should. Right. Uh, and not because you're my co-host, but because you're a Catholic. Exactly. Exactly right. So what we're going to talk about is, let me just start by saying that I teach a lot of RCIA programs, I uh, obviously have the Catholic Cafe here, I I do like baptismal prep in the parish, Mm -hmm. Um, and I have lots of Protestant friends. Right. And people who have conversations with me about being Catholic, and in all of those settings, one common sort of question or theme always comes back at me. A lot of people think, well, what is it? Is it it Mary? Is it Eucharist? And really, what it comes down to is rules. Oh, I'm sure. I I get people asking me that question. They'll say, why does the Catholic Church have so many rules? Yeah. Right? Because in their minds, they're looking at this like, well, see, I can take this church that has all these rules... Right, and mm-hmm. especially like in the r c i a context with they're coming into the church, it you know takes six, seven, eight months to join the church, and perhaps if you have to go through the annulment process, it could take even longer, yeah, so you have this long waiting period and preparation period, or they can go down to their Baptist church on the corner, they get dunked, and that weekend they're in yeah right and and or it, um if they, they and there may be some rules there, but you know what. There may be some other churches where they go and, you know, they go and listen to some good music and eat some donuts and drink some coffee and, (laughs) you know, and who in their right mind would choose this Catholic church that has all these rules. That's true. And and it does beg the question, why does the Catholic church have all these rules? And I bet you have the answer. Well, I have an answer I like to give them. In fact, the answer I give them is actually a question. Okay. And I say or ask, now, when you were growing up, I'm assuming you had a mother. Yes. Right? Did your mother? Is this have, rhetorical? Yes, it is. Did your mother have rules? Right? Did your mother have rules? Let's go through some of those. And of course, they would say, "Well, of course she did." Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and Tom, you probably. Had oh yeah. You and your mom had lots of. A lot of those didn't really work for you. They didn't take, but uh, well, some of them did. You know, some some would take. And your mom's a great. Glory is a wonderful woman. She is wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. She's she a is. Hey, she had to put up with me. Well, so what were some of those rules? What are some of the things that your mom told you you had to do when you were a kid? Eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables. I mean, we, she, yeah, eat your vegetables. Right, right. And what about like? Did she let you stay up all night? No. Oh no. You had a bedtime. Well oh, there was a bedtime. Yes. And what about like? Could you play with any of those kids? Anybody you wanted to hang out? Like little Bobby down the street. No. Little Bobby John. No. There you was know, troublemaker. Certain folks were off limits. That's exactly right. Mom said, "No, you don't need to hang out. Come with in those before people. the uh, lights go on outside." Exactly right. There's right. so there's so many different rules that your mother had. Now, did you look at her? Now, maybe as a young man, you might have said this. (laughs) I'm checking out of here. You know, no, it's more like, mom, why do you have so many rules? I mean, as kids, we may have thought that we wouldn't dare say it. No. Right. No. But I will say that, you know, you accepted the rules that your mother had for you. And why did you accept those? What was it about yeah. your mother that you had to accept the rules from her, other well, than the fact that potential punishment? Yeah, I th- well, you, you know, obviously, you learn to respect authority. You, you also learn to understand where but she's coming a, from. Right, but, but she what does she want? Exactly, that's the key. Right. right? You find out and you experience, right, right, through her being your mother, that she loves you and she right. wants the best for you. Absolutely. She loves you so incredibly much. And we find out later, as we grow older, that there was wisdom in those rules exactly. right exactly and but, but we also find out later that that your mother would have done anything for you right, absolutely, right? in fact, a lot of mothers you know give their entire lives to their children, and their children don 't necessarily realize that maybe until it 's too late sometimes, You're right. but later in life, they don 't realize that what it was to carry you for nine months right, right? you know and, <laughs> and then and then to raise you you know and to do all the things that a mother does. And and we find out how much how much they loved us and I'm still continue to love us, uh, and and it's in, and it's incredible. And see, there we realized that all mom wanted was the best for us. All mom wanted was that when we left that household, when we left the household that she was mother to, right? That we were going to be good citizens. That we were going to be. It was you, you were going to be proud to be a Dorian. She would say, "That's my boy. That's Tommy." There you go. You know, I'm Tommy. so pr- <laughs> I am so <laughs> proud of him. Right? I sense a theme here. Well, absolutely. You getting ready to make a bridge. Aren't so you? I talk to my, I talk to my, uh, my Protestant friends. I talk to my RCIA questioners. Like, why do we have so many rules? And I say, this is why, because there's this there's this great phrase that we use in the church. We don't hear it all the time, but it's a it's a great phrase, and it has so much meaning and depth to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That phrase is Holy Mother Church. Right. See, the church is our mother. Mm-hmm. Right the church was given as a gift to us by God established by Jesus on the rock of Saint Peter built to be our mother and we and we refer to her as holy mother church right because she's our mother mm-hmm. right and just like our earthly mothers right that love us so incredibly much our holy mother church loves us and see just like our earthly mother wants us to be good productive members of society to be good citizens to be good people Right? After we leave the household, our Holy Mother Church, when we grow up, as it were, you know, when we leave the household of the earth, mm-hmm. right, in, in that transition into where we're going to go for eternity, Holy Mother Church wants us to be in heaven. Right. Wants to be good members of heaven. Right? Right. right. And so so that's what those rules are all about.
0: It's and see, then,
1: in that context, the rules make perfect sense. Exactly. And, you know... We're going to agree that the Catholic Church has lots of rules. They do, and 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 I, you know, sometimes uh, they can be seen to be burdensome, but really they're not. Right. They're actually liberating. You think about that about a You're law right. or a rule, right? When 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 somebody says something is illegal or wrong, and that you shouldn't do it, a lot of people think, well, that that's binding on your freedom. That's keeping you from doing something. When in fact, what it's doing is it's liberating you. It's saying that you shouldn't be doing this. You should be focused on this. When that rule or law is there for a, for a good and holy moral reason, right? it's taking away the temptation to do the wrong and to focus you, to liberate you, to allow you the freedom to do the good. Right? right? And so in that way, the rules are absolutely liberating And also, just like mom told you to eat your vegetables and told you to do your homework and told you to clean your room and empty the dishwasher and take out the trash, all those things, those made you a better person. Absolutely. And the rules that the church has make you a better person. Right. Make you a better Christian. Yep. Right? And help you to do that. So let's look at the rules of the church. And and a lot of people may not be familiar with these rules. Okay. I guess maybe before I do that, I should make a difference, a differentiation between the rules of the church – Right, and the laws of God. Okay. Because I want to make sure people understand that I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. The laws of God, the things that God said, this is what you do. If you want to go to heaven, these are the things that you do. Right. Right. Very specific. like From the Mosaic Law all the way to, the, 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 of course, the Ten Commandments. And all through the New Testament, Jesus is telling us about loving our neighbor and loving God and all the things that we're called to do. Those are the laws of God. That's how we should live our life. Right. But if we're to be members... Right, if we're to be members of an organization, members of a group, members of this church, members mm-hmm. of the people of God, well they're necessarily in, in the human world there need to be some kind of organized structure, some kind of rules. Right. Mm-hmm. Those oh, are yeah. the rules I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. The rules of membership. Mm-hmm. Like you got your membership card to the uh, the Roman Catholic Church. I'm now a member, I got a card carrying member of the Catholic Church. Right. Well, <laughs> with that come some responsibilities. Right, you have your Catholic card with you. Exactly. <laughs> you may be carded here on this program. You know, there's folks out there right now looking around, going, <laughs> "I don't got a card. <laughs> oh, no. Where's my card? <laughs> you need to find your card. Ask your bishop next time you see him, Bishop. Where's yeah. my card? Um, but but when you become a card carrying member of the Catholic Church, right, right, there's responsibilities to go with it. There are. We got we, we got to live and work and and be with other people. Mm-hmm. So there's going to need to be some organization, organization and structure. And right. if you want that that entity right that organism that the catholic church is that beautiful gift from god if you want that to thrive and survive well then obviously we all have to be on that same page yeah, singing from the, the same hymn absolutely and so the catholic church has these five basic rules okay they're called the precepts of the church all righty and the precepts of the church are you know the building blocks of all the other of the organizational rules okay if you want to be a member of the catholic church these are the basic things that the Catholic Church asks of you, okay. Well, and we should we should just kind of little rattle them off here. All right, and we'll talk about them uh, in our next segment. Let's let's tell you what the rules are. First is you. Number one, you shall attend Mass on Sundays and on holy days of obligation and rest from servile labor. Right. Number two, you shall confess your sins at least once a year. Number 3, you shall receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. Number 4, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church, and number 5, you shall help to provide for the needs of the church. So those are the five precepts and a lot of people would look at that and go, "Oh, okay, some of those I'm pretty okay with and right. in a basic way. But right. some of them I do the best I can." Yeah. Right? And so that's what we're going to we're going to focus on this next segment when we come back. We're going to talk about what does it mean to follow these precepts. And so we'll break down each one of these precepts and see what that means and and then maybe ask the question, you know, and maybe we can get some emails from the honest. Do you think Tom Dorian follows the precepts of the church? <laughs> no. We should. Make sure you email mom. <laughs> that's right. We, we should look at ourselves and say, well, are we following these basic rules? Right. Right. And then at the end of that, do we understand why these rules are in place? Yep. And maybe talk about the benefits of them. We'll do that when we get back. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone at home that we have a website that you can come to www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I would love to hear from you. I've got some great emails recently for some folks. And uh, send me an email. Tell me what's going on in your life. And if you have any questions about the Catholic Cafe or any of the Catholic Church's teachings, send me a, an email at Deacon Jeff at the Catholic And so, with that, we will be right back.
0: I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Often, we hear of people who set one great and lofty goal in life to attain before they draw their last breath on earth, so that when death comes, they will feel that they have lived a fulfilling and profitable life. If reached, this one goal becomes their crowning achievement or greatest moment. Perhaps no one in history provides a better example of such a desire than Simeon. This righteous and devout man from Jerusalem, as St. Luke refers to him in his Gospel, was told by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah of the Lord. For Simeon, the mere sight of Jesus would be for him that greatest moment and most awesome blessing from God. Then, when Jesus was presented in the temple after his birth to be consecrated to the Lord as Jewish law prescribed, Simeon, filled with the Spirit, approached the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and took the Savior of the world into his arms. His eyes must have welled with tears as he uttered a beautiful prayer of blessing to God. In Latin, Nuc dimittis, servum tuum domine, segundum verbum tuum, in pace. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to thy people, Israel. This prayer, known as the Nunc Dimittis, is prayed nightly in the Liturgy of the Hours, the great prayer of the Church. It reflects beautifully the feeling of Simeon that now, upon his seeing Jesus, his life's greatest desire was fulfilled at that moment. In chapter 10 of John's Gospel, Jesus tells us, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Indeed, Jesus came to fill our lives with His joy and love. His mere presence among us in the Incarnation was a sign from God that we are His children and He desires us to live with Him in eternity. This sign of abundant life became a reality for Simeon when he saw Jesus in the arms of Mary and Joseph. We too must pray this prayer of blessing to God, the Nuctimittis, as we celebrate the presence of Christ among us even today, some 2,000 years after His birth. He is present in his written word, in his priests, in his people who gather in worship, and most especially in the Eucharist. Before we draw our last breath, we too, like Simeon, must freely accept Christ's offer of abundant life. I'm Bestra Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, Tom. We are talking about the precepts of the Church.
0: Yes, we now, are.
1: We should talk about the precepts of the Catholic Cafe, uh, <laughs> and uh, you will you will tip your waitress yes uh, generously. <laughs> that's right. Always you will you will eat. Uh, it, Only two, two donuts, donuts yeah. in one setting. Yeah, exactly. So there's some. They cannot be larger than your head. <laughs> That's for your good, right? It's yes. for your good, not you. The Catholic Cafe loves you because you have that. They want you to come back, exactly. <laughs> want you You're to right. come back and be a productive member uh, of the Catholic yeah, didn't Cafes. A sugar coma. <laughs> that may be it. True. So let's talk about those precepts. Let's break them down. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about uh, precept number one: you shall attend mass on Sundays and on holy days of obligation, and rest from servile labor. Okay, so tough, tough one. There's three things going on here. First, yeah. attend home, mass. Yeah, going to mass on right? Sundays. So this is something we need to focus on. Okay, when I do like baptismal prep, and I and I meet with people and I talk to them about being Catholic, and I talk about, so you want to baptize your child into this faith. Well, how often do you go to mass? And the answer is always interesting to me. They many, many, many times the people will answer me in a way, I think they're trying to please me, yeah. right? They're answering in a way that they think that I'm going to reward for some reason, as if they need to, because they don't. But they answer in a way, they always say, oh, deacon, uh, as many times as we possibly can, or as much, as as, as as often as possible. Right. And it's like, that is code for, we don't get there every Sunday. Yeah. We try, but we don't get there every Sunday. And see, one of the precepts of the church, one of the rules, the laws of the church is that we go to Mass every Sunday. Right. Now think about that. If that were the same thing as eating your vegetables, as cleaning your room, right? Mama wants you to be healthy. Mama wants you to be good. Mama wants you to be responsible mm-hmm. and grow up and be a good person. Well, Holy Mother Church wants you to be good. Right. And the best way to be good is to go and to participate in the Mass. That is a good way to be good. It's a great way to be good. Why? Because we understand what the Mass is. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people focus on the mass as some kind of, um, you know, spiritual enrichment or entertainment, which it is. Right. I wouldn't say entertainment, but I will say spiritual enrichment. Yeah. Right? But people will, will dumb it down to entertainment. Like they they like the music or they like the preacher. and They want to hear the, you know, fired up or we like him or we don't like him. or You start to have uh, favorites. Uh, you may or may not go because of the sound system. You have complaints about the sound of Well, I don't go to that church because I don't like the sound system. or right. I don't like how it's decorated. Right. And we start to focus on those are the reasons why we're going to mass. Mm-hmm. When really the reason we should be going to mass, right, is what the mass is. And, and a lot of people have lost sight of that. Right. I mean, I have to admit that there was a time in my life where I was challenged by, why am I going? Yeah, I think everybody goes through that. It can be a phase. But we remember the Mass is broken down into two pieces, right. two primary large chunks. One is the Liturgy of the Word, right, right, and one is the Liturgy of the Eucharist. And so we go and we're nourished by the Word, we're fed the Word of God, right, the Gospel. We hear mm-hmm. the, the story of salvation, how much God loves us in the Word, and, and that comes in through our ears, goes into our heart, and we process it, and it transforms us. Mm-hmm. And that's important, right? But also important, and what that Word leads us to and focuses on is that sacrament right of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. right, and so now we actually physically as well as spiritually, all in the same thing, we participate in the divine nature right right now we we actually participate in the divine, we yep. touch divinity, we touch the face of God literally right and and that 's a beautiful thing, and that's a that's a great, great gift mm-hmm. that we 're given, and a lot of times we forget that, and so when when we don 't go to mass. On a Sunday, when we when we get we're too busy because we're we're trucking the kids to soccer games or we're going out hunting with our buddies. Those are good things to do, but if that causes us to miss Mass, it's the same thing as your mother saying, "Well, why aren't you doing your homework?" Yeah, you're going to be dumb when you grow up. You're you're (laughs) cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself out of a out of a a grace, a gift that was given to you by God. When Jesus established the church and He built it on the rock of Saint Peter and then gave Peter the keys right the power of binding and loosing to all the apostles you know now we start to see that jesus intended there to be things done in this church right this wasn't like just a big meeting hall we came together and we'd clap and beat tambourines and sing and right. whatever and those are good things <laughs> i guess you know depending on where you're going to church but I, but but the point is we we do come see we, you we a worship tambourine. right i i i have a tambourine at home but i don't bring it, it out but the point is we need to understand why we go to Mass. Remind ourselves why we go to Mass. And we need to go to Mass every Sunday. Right. Every single Sunday. Now, there are exceptions. There are times when people get sick. If you're tending to a small child, there are some. The church recognizes there can be challenges in families. Right. But able-bodied people who have a driver's license <laughs> above the age of reason... Go to mass, to mass every Sunday. Yep. No matter where you are, no matter how late you stayed up Saturday night, maybe even that's a more of a reason to go right to mass, and maybe hit confession on the way in. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, holy days of obligation. Yep. A lot of people forget those. Yeah. You know, and and you know what? There's only six of them in the United States, right? There's only six of them that we that we that we that are outside the normal Sundays, right? And not even all, all the time. Right? Sometimes they fall on Sunday. That makes it even easier for us. But but we want to make sure that we get those holidays of obligation in. And a lot of times we don't. We'll go to the Sunday Mass and, you know, we just kind of skip the solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, right. January 1st. Right. Right? And, of course, the ascension of our Lord, the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, the solemnity of all saints. Right. The solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, and of course Christmas, and these are the holy days of obligation. Some of those, I mean, it can be confusing sometimes because in the United States, some of those get moved or they're abrogated if they fall on a Saturday or a Monday, right? Or they're moved to the nearest uh, Sunday. Uh, there's there's two holy days of obligation that we that we uh, that we have moved to Sundays in the United States: uh, Epiphany and Corpus Christi. Okay, right. Um, and it, it can be confusing, yeah. and then some of them, even though they're on a Saturday or a Monday, are not are never abrogated. Christmas is one of those, right? Right. And have you had the experience of like? Uh, and also uh, the uh, Immaculate Conception, that's one's never abrogated. A lot of people think it is if it's on a like on this year it's coming on a Saturday. Okay. People think, oh well, I'll just you know go to the Sunday mass and that'll cover that Saturday. No, oh, no. Right. Got to no. hit them both. And have you ever had the experience where you get to go to mass like? You know, twice in two days, yeah, you know, I, because I like of two it. different days. Well, it's it's beautiful. Well, see, you recognize the right. gift, yeah. right? You recognize that gift. So we have to understand the holy days of obligation, and also also resting from servile labor, right? You know, not working on Sunday. And, and this one is a one we talk about all the time. And a lot of people still work; they still do a lot of things. And the point here is, let's not get into the nuance and and and. Rip that law apart and try to figure out what is work and what isn 't work. Let me just turn it around and say it this way: You need to focus on God right on that on on that on those days, you need to be focusing on God because that 's what that 's all about that 's what those feast days are it 's what the solemnities are. Yep. we focus on God, make sure God is the priority, especially on those days. God should always be the priority, but especially on those days on Sundays, holidays of obligation, we should be focused on God, yep, right, and that may mean that we would not. Go into work. That may mean that we would uh, not do anything around the house, work-wise. That we would, you know, what? Let's have a day of relaxation, and let's do it. uh, Have a day of joy in the Lord. Yeah, right. And that's what that first precept is all about. You shall confess your sins at least once a year. This one's a tough one, you know. And there's two things going on here. First of all, confessing your sins—that's the tough part. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say I don't like that part. A lot of yeah. Catholics have problems with going to confession. I talk to people all the time who've put it off years and years and years. Right. Well, here the other part of this law I want people to focus on is once a year. The church yeah. only asks of this once a year. Right. But that's a minimum. Right. The church is saying you know at a very minimum, as a member. As a card-carrying member of the Catholic Church, you should go to confession at least once a year. Right, that's the minimum. Yep. Tom, I know you go three, four times a week. <laughs> right? Yes, and that, you're a no, good holy I man. I need to. I, I need to. You know, I think. I know in, in you Honestly, I think a lot of people go about. You know, they go about maybe once a month. That's a good. That's a good round time to yeah, go. It's that's a good opportunity. That's a good rhythm. Yeah. So I there we need to get to confession. The more often you go, the easier it is. To Absolutely, get. but it is still tough. Tied to that is, you shall receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. Again, it's a kind of a once a year thing. That's the absolute minimum. There's, and at Easter, hand we hand focus. We focus on the resurrection. Right. We focus on what Jesus did, dying on the cross, and then rising from the dead and ascending into heaven. We see all that stuff. Um, you know, the the, the this beautiful uh, mystery, the Paschal mysteries. We see Jesus. Uh, the resurrection is so beautiful, right? And receiving Eucharist at that time. Connects us in a special way to God, yep. to Jesus, and what He did for us, right? But it doesn't mean we we just go once a year, right? To you know, what well, we do my I do my Easter duty. That's what it was called, yeah. Right? We need to receive the Eucharist often. Yeah, often. It's, it's grace. It's an opportunity. Remember, Mama wants us to be yeah. good, holy people. That's grace. It's good for us. You shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church. You know, as Catholics, we have got to focus on that. We got to get back to the heart of that. You know, it was changed after Vatican II. Uh, this uh, every Friday used to be a, a day of abstinence, where we would abstain from meat every every Friday, but that was changed. It's still a day of penance. I was going to say it was modified. Yeah. It's still a day of penance. We still are supposed to spend every Friday because every Friday is like a good Friday and every Sunday is like a little mini Easter. Right. Right. And we recognize what Jesus did on that Sunday. That's why we have to go to mass every Sunday. The Lord's Day. It is a holy day of obligation every Sunday. Right. right? Well, every Friday is a day of penance. Right. We remember what Jesus did for us. So we should do some penitential act. Yep. And a lot of people, the normal way that people do that is to abstain from meat. Many people still abstain from meat, yeah. even though the church doesn't absolutely require it. However, the church does require that during the Fridays of Lent right. and on Ash Wednesday as well. So we see those days of abstinence, and we need to recognize and remember them, put them forward and do them. Same thing with the days of fasting. right? Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. We need to... Focus on those and realize what we're doing and why we're doing it as Catholics. We forget these kind of things sometimes. And, of course, you shall help to provide for the needs of the church. We need to provide for our church. Holy Mother Church loves us. right? It's not just about money. It's about time, talent, and treasure. It's about who we are as Catholics, card-carrying members of the church. These are all things we need to do. Follow these precepts. Follow the laws. There you go. Mama loves us. Yes, sir. Let's pray. Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gifts you've given us, especially the gift of Holy Mother Church, which you established and continue to sustain in your grace. Help us to follow the ways of the church in self-abandon, that we may find our way to you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Café.